Welcome to the New Flesh Podcast. This is Cyboob Cinema. My name is Jonathan Astro. With me is Ricky Allpike and AJ. How the fuck are you people? What? what? <laughs> I'm really good, thanks. Yeah, good. Good. Oh, I just realised, wait, that like, you know, I want, because I, I've been checking all these other cool podcasts, uh, you know, throughout the week, you know, um, uh, people who do sort of 80s music, uh, 80s movie podcasts and whatnot. And now I just realised why we have the explicit rating. Because I just said the F word straight away. <laughs> oh. Well, Aussies, Aussies like a good swear word. We do. Well, I've dropped the C bomb a couple of times. Well, yeah, I just don't think they, that people overseas quite understand our deep love of the C word. Mm. It's a term of endearment here in Australia. It is. It is. It is. Um, all right. Well, first up, first bit of business is um, uh, we've got Sheila with us. Sheila, uh, you're going to do some thank yous for us, aren't you? I am. Thanks for having me, everybody. Um, all right. I just want to say thank you to some of our followers on the socials this week because we've we've really had a wonderful week with you all. Um, I want to give some love to uh, a few accounts. Um, please check them out. First off, uh, I've got my flick picks. Um, this this account is is wonderful. It does reviews. And they did an ad for us this week uh, on the, on their page. Um, it, we're really touched by that. Another per, another person did an ad for us also, and that account was Night of the Living Hegg. Um, uh, it, thank you so much uh, for the ad. That was wonderful. And um, this account is great. Check it out. It's uh, it's cult madness it's all kinds of cult stuff it's wonderful um and oh back to my flick pics they, they they do reviews on this page um also we'd like to shout out to joe reels uh one of our followers joe has a great page joe is a digital artist and puts music to to uh visuals and it's a really fantastic account and my favorite on that account is the space invader check it out podcast we want to say hi to uh we've got some friends uh some welsh friends uh they run the hey you guys 80s podcasts and they're fantastic and we're just shouting out to them guys we love your your shtick everything you're about everything you stand for your commando episode was amazing um we're also shouting oh, just out just on that oh, I, yes. listen, I listened to a bit of that episode uh because i a bit of a busy this week but I completely agree. I concur with your ideas on Commando Boys. So continue on. <laughs> Excellent. I was. Um, we've got some other friends in the US uh, at the True Horror Wolf and a Mummy YouTube channel. Um, these these two are absolutely fantastic. They love horror. They they know their stuff. They're amazing. Thank you and all. Uh, thank you for everything that you guys put out there. Um, and also, just lastly, um, shouting out to the guys over at 80s Flicks Flashback Podcast. Um, I know you boys uh, did uh, Big Trouble last week um, and we, we love it too. You love it. We're all on the same page. So thank you, everyone. Um, you know, people doing ads for us. 
people giving us shout outs, people just interacting with us on socials. It's been so wonderful and such a, a humbling experience. Um, just enjoying all of your creativity. You're all amazing. So thank you. Great. Thanks, Sheila. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Try not to, you know, ruin everything this week for us. <laughs> <laughs> I can't promise anything. <laughs> I know I'm safe with you, AJ. <laughs> it's the boys. It's the boys I'm worried about. I've got my sledgehammer right here. I'm poised. I'm poised. So, you know, we, we've made friends. We've made friends this week. So, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> all right. Okay. All right. Thanks, See you guys. Bye. Yeah, that's all great stuff. Well, today uh, uh, we are covering Big Trouble in Little China. Um, very exciting. Uh, we're going to have a chat about the film straight away. Later on, we've got a special guest because, you know, this film is has been covered by a lot of other people. So our point of difference is, see, some of our, uh, our, our, our friends and colleagues have covered this film, but I feel that, you know, we're, we're going to bring the Asian studies element, yeah? So... I've got a friend uh, that that is going to uh, a journalist um, and uh, a movie buff himself is going to be joining us a bit later, and we're gonna we're gonna get his ideas on this film because you know look full disclosure guys, he's not Chinese, <laughs> but you know I just don't know any Chinese people. Okay, he's Japanese. Is that is that okay or it's as close as we've got, right? Yeah, it's not that I've got. I, there's no there's nothing there's no prejudice there. It's just, <laughs> it's just what I've got. Right? <laughs> that sounds amazing. Well, I can't, I can't wait to meet your friend uh, Astro. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into this, shall we? This is Jack Burton in the Pork Chop Express, and I'm talking to whoever's listening out there. It's a pretty amazing planet we live on here, and a man would have to be some kind of fool to think we're all alone in this universe. There is a hidden world where ancient evil weaves a modern mystery. What's going on here? Is this some kind of... Magic. The darkest magic. They call it Little China. Finally, we shall bring order out of chaos. It's where big trouble was waiting for Jack Burton. Who? Jack Burton. Me. Jack. Jack. Jack! They told him to go to hell. He made one move. And that's just where he's going. Somebody, I don't care who, tell me what is going on. How are you going to spring us? I have no idea. Many mysteries, many unanswerable questions, even in a life as short as yours. <clears throat> my destiny rests in your capable hands. Hey, I'll do my best. Take Cracker Jack timing, Wang. One, two, three. We may be trapped. Total concentration. Safety. Oh, yeah. 
You ready, Jack? I was born ready. Way to go, Jack. Jack Burton's coming to rescue your summer. Hey, what more can a guy ask for? 20th Century Fox presents Kurt Russell in John Carpenter's Big Trouble in Little China. It's all in the reflexes. I got a synopsis for you guys. Uh, hang on to your hats. A lot of shit happens in this movie. Uh, so it, it's a confusing one to explain. No horse shit, Jack. No horse shit, Jack. Here we go. Big Trouble in Little China is an action martial arts fantasy adventure comedy by filmmaker John Carpenter. Self-assured, wisecracking blowhard Jack Burton, played by Kurt Russell, is a truck driver and unlikely hero who finds himself in circumstances beyond his wildest imagination. After recently winning a bet with his friend Wang Chi, played by Dennis Dunn, he accompanies him to the airport to pick up his green-eyed Chinese fiance Mao Yin, where a Chinatown street gang, the Lords of Death, tries to kidnap another Chinese girl who is being met by lawyer Gracie Law, played by Kim Cattrall. Jack intervenes and the gang takes Wang's fiance Mao Yin instead. Jack and Wang track the Lords of Death to Chinatown where they find a funeral procession that erupts into a battle between the Chang Sing and the Wing Kong, two ancient Chinese warrior societies. When the three storms, thunder, rain and lightning, warriors with weather-themed powers appear, slaughtering the Chang Sing, Jack attempts to gun his big rig through the crowd but runs over David Lopan, played by James Hong, a man directing the three storms. Horrified, Jack exits his truck but finds Lopan unfazed and glowing with magic. Wang hurriedly guides Jack through the alleys. The two escape, but Jack's truck is stolen. Wang takes Jack to his restaurant where they meet with Gracie, her journalist friend Margot, Wang's friend Eddie Lee, and magician Egg Shen, played by Victor Wong, a local authority on mysticism and Lopan. They explain to Jack, who only wants his truck back, the ancient knowledge and sorcery the Chinese brought with them to America. The group devises a plan to infiltrate a brothel where they believe Mao Yin is held. They break in, but are interrupted by the three storms who kidnap Mao Yin and take her to Lopan. Jack and Wang track down the front business used by Lopan and impersonate telephone repairmen to gain access, but are quickly subdued by rain. After being tied up and beaten by thunder, the two meet Lopan. However, he now appears as a crippled old man. Wang tells Jack that Lopan needs a green-eyed girl to break an ancient curse. Centuries ago, Lopan was defeated in battle by Emperor Qin Shi Huang, who cursed him. Lopan can inhibit a physical form once more only by marrying a woman with green eyes and sacrificing her, thus breaking the curse. Jack and Wang's friends attempt to save Mao Yin and are also captured. After getting the drop on Thunder, Jack, Wang and Eddie escape and free several women kept in cells. An orangutan-like wild man captures Gracie before she escapes. Lopan notes that Gracie has green eyes too and decides to sacrifice her while making Mao Yin his wife. Wang and Jack regroup with the Chang Sing and Egg Shen and enter a cavern to return to Lopan's headquarters. Egg pours the group a potent potion. They interrupt the wedding and start a battle. Much fighting ensues with one of the storm's rain being killed by Wang in a sword fight. 
Jack kills Lopan with a knife throw. Thunder, who has been distracted by Wang, reappears and is enraged by the sight of Lopan's dead body. He swells up and explodes. Jack, Wang, Gracie, and Mao Yin are cornered by lightning in a corridor who triggers a collapse. Egg rescues them with a rope and kills lightning by dropping a Buddha statue on his head. After finding Jack's truck and dealing with the remaining Wing Kong guards, the group escapes back to Wing's restaurant. The group celebrates in the restaurant. Wang and Mao Yin prepare to marry while Eddie pairs with Margot. Egg sets off to China. Gracie offers to join Jack, but he leaves alone. The film ends by revealing that the wild man has survived the battle and has stowed away on the back of Jack's truck. So, sorry, I'm a, I'm a bit embarrassed. Have, have, did we watch the same movie? I got I got a different synopsis here. Really? Okay. Yeah. I, sorry, I, I thought that this is my story. I thought it was a story about a successful San Francisco businessman looking for love in all the wrong places. <laughs> okay, continue. So, David Lopan, he's got it all, money, respect, and even some, some unusual abilities like, you know, being blasting light from his mouth and eyes. But what David really wants, though, is a wife, not just any wife, but one with green eyes. And after 2,000 years, the wait is over. And now he's up to his wontons in potential brides. Uh, (laughs) That's a technical term, up to his wontons. (laughs) On the eve of David's wedding, Jack Burton, a colonial terrorist, uh, and his white adjacent cronies or race traders, murder David in cold blood and kidnap his wives, even me tooing one of them uh, with an unwanted smooch before he does so. Big Trouble in Little China is a searing portrait of the struggles of what it means to be BIPOC in America. <laughs> is, that, is that the same movie or? <laughs> I don't know. Uh. Well played. <laughs> poor Lopan. Lo he's just a lonely, a lonely businessman. All right. Give us hot takes. AJ, what did you think of this movie? I loved it. Is that okay? Am I allowed to say that? Yeah, you are allowed to say that. (laughs) I've never seen it before. I had a lot of fun. I I kind of felt like Kurt was like with the criticism that that he um, was the big man. He wasn't really. He was a bit of a buffoon. Mm. He's like he couldn't. Yeah, fight. He, he, he rescues the day, but not the way he, he, he anything that, that goes well for Jack doesn't go the way he wants it to. Yeah, you know? it was luck. Well, uh, we can get into this criticism okay, in more sorry. specific. No, 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 no. It, 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 later we'll talk, I think, in more detail terms, but what you say is absolutely correct. Like, often what, what people do is they, they, they're so interested in, in, in grinding their axes that they actually don't look closely at, at the narrative or the story. You know what I mean? Like, and, and we, can, we can definitely cover that later. I, I envy you, AJ, that you got to see it as, as an adult without having seen it before because the film, it, it starts out as, as you could see it as just a, an action film. If you knew nothing about it, you'd, you'd start watching it going, oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's an action film. And then it slowly but surely brings you down, down into this stranger and stranger world of supernatural things and, and mysticism and Chinese legends and sorcery. And by the end of it, you're like, and then when the, when the fantastical monsters appear and, you know, the ape man, you just, it's just, it's blowing your mind, you know? Yeah. It was, it was insane. And, and the thing that I got this time around after having not seen it for, for quite a while, I saw it heaps of times as a kid. And I think as a kid, I, I saw it as pretty much a straight action film, I think, as, as a kid. But seeing it as an adult, I, you forget how funny the movie is. It's, it's hilarious. 
Uh, Kurt Russell's lines, uh, everything that comes out of his mouth oh, as gold. Jack Burton is hilarious. Examples. Examples. I, I've got three here Ooh. in my notes. Um, oh, I don't know. Can I do? Can I do it? An impression? I'm not sure. Just do John Wayne. Do John <laughs> Wayne. Yeah, of course. Okay, you people, sit tight, hold the fort, and keep the home fires burning. If we're not back by dawn, call the president. <laughs> I've written that one down too. <laughs> like I told my last wife, I say, "Honey, I never drive faster than I can see. Besides that, it's all in the reflexes." <laughs> Just remember what old Jack Burton does when the earth quakes and the poison arrows fall from the sky and the pillars of heaven shake. Yeah, Jack Burton just looks that big old storm right in the square in the eye and he says, give me your best shot, pal. I can take it. Wonderful. (laughs) You've got a tongue, Dave. Ask her yourself. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that scene's my favourite. That it scene is, when, yeah, yeah. When Jack, Jack is ta- Jack and uh, Wang Chi are tied up in their wheelchairs and confronting the very, the very aged Lo Pan. It's actually got my favourite lines from James Hong in that scene. Yeah, I may perform for you. <laughs> that scene so that scene's so great. It's it's uh, Jack Burton antagonizing Lopan, and it's just, it's great because Lopan has just an amazing way of delivering these shrill, kind of cutting lines. But let it be said, let it be said before I do these impressions that um, (laughs) this is not the way James Hong speaks, okay? And it's not the way that just your average Chinese man speaks. (laughs) He's doing, he's doing shtick, okay? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The way this guy speaks is is hilarious. Like, you know, so 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 Jack says, um, he goes, uh, I what you I don't get it. And then he goes, Shut up, Mr. Burton. You're not put on this earth to get it. <laughs> 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 That's glorious, one of the greatest lines yeah. in the history of cinema. Yeah. And then he's got a follow-up a bit later. He says, he looks to the this is so practical. He's talking about like um ancient uh magic and you know demons and all this shit. And he looks to the left, he looks at the security footage of, of you know of, of people breaking in. He goes, he says, uh, now this really pisses me off to no end. which is so good i love i love him i love james hong i love the way he speaks i think it's just i think it's just incredible you know um so look i'm sorry if people were triggered by me doing an asian accent it's it's it's, it is what it is you know Uh, it's a loving recreation of a great character a great actor yeah for sure yeah he is good well just let's start macro for a second this movie was a box office failure I think it, I really think that needs to be to be stated. You know what I mean? Like uh, we've got the burden of knowledge now, and everyone is. We all walk around. You know, people are buying the Jack Burton T-shirt, doing quotes, <laughs> and yeah, doing all that. And you know, but at the end of the day, this was a failure. It was made for for what you know, nineteen to or twenty five million or something like that, uh, and and the box office was eleven million. You know. Uh, compare that to the, just some movies that were out at the same time, nineteen eighty six, Top Gun. This uh, Top Gun makes 176 million, Crocodile Dundee, woo, 116 million, <laughs> Croc- uh, Karate Kid 2, uh, 115 million, Back to School. I love Roddy Dangerfield, Back to School, 91 million. <laughs> and number five, Aliens, 85 million. So mm. this movie was not successful and, and it made John Carpenter, you know, quite jaded. Uh, and 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 understandably cynical. He went back to making independent movies. So he started in independent movies, 
you know, making very, very low budget and inspiring. Certainly some of the most inspirational movies to me personally, Assault on Precinct 13 and, and whatnot, uh, very small-scale movies, Halloween included. Uh, and then this was a breakthrough movie. This was like 20th Century Fox, with big budget comparatively to him. And you can tell straight away, it just it, there's something about it. It's got a bit more firepower behind it. And, you know, uh, he just seems less hampered by budget budgetary constraints in this. But he makes it. It doesn't do well, and then he sort of goes, ah, fuck that, and goes immediately back to independent films and starts doing very interesting he, stuff. He was hired by Hollywood because of his background in independent filmmaking and that that he could work really well to a budget, which is what they really wanted for this film. They didn't want the budget to blow out. And sure, they looked at all of his experience as well, but one thing that helped him was that he was able to work really economically. I think that's, uh, that's something that you learn being an independent filmmaker. He's, he's been a, and he's, he's acknowledged this, he has been a, apart from Halloween, which was a massive, like, met the moment and just played in cinemas and, you know, forever, he really did have a timing problem. Like, two of his films, this one and The Thing. So The Thing comes out. The Thing is one of the greatest sci-fi movies of all time, one of the greatest horror movies of all time. It's, an, it's, a, it's a 9 out of 10, like, absolute solid gold masterpiece. Uh, and and this film is magnificent too. But both films, uh, just the thing comes out in 1982, and is you know in, it, it comes out in an era when instead people went to see ET. They didn't want to see um, the thing. You know what I mean? Uh, and 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 in this film, for whatever reason, you know people are just they're wanting Top Gun. They're wanting Crocodile Dundee. You mm-hmm. know, like these yeah. five, first five films are not. Uh, they're not in it in, in this kind of colourful adventure, and it'll, you, I don't know. Maybe racism plays a part. I don't know. <laughs> well, then again, Karate Kid Two is is set in Japan, in Okinawa in Japan. Yeah, so, and that was the third film, so we can't blame it all on America's racism. Yeah. Well, I know that uh, that Aliens came out. I think the same week at the cinema as this one. Oh man! And, and I think the the Golden Child that Eddie Murphy film came out not that long after Another this bomb. one did. So, <laughs> yeah, well, that one didn't do well either, but but it's sort of in the same, similar sort of realm, uh, I guess, you could from, from the outside, not having seen either film, you could kind of lump them in together as being similar. Well, well several actors are in both films. Yeah. James Hong and her, uh, Victor Wong are both in The Golden Child. Actually, in the 80s, there was a interesting uh, sort of these high-profile Asian Asian epics, you know, uh, uh, Big Trouble, Golden Child, and Last Last Emperor. And um, James Hong, Dennis Dunn, and Victor Wong are in pretty much all of them. Oh, I left out Year of the Dragon, which I love. Uh, uh, so, yeah, it's just interesting. It's like America is coming to terms with, you know, it's... it's uh, you know, Asian American uh, population, and 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 starting to, you know, it's it is a process. Like you know, as as people have said, they weren't they weren't given sort of pride of place in the in the film. Well, they kind of were though. Like like yeah, I dispute that stuff that I've read saying that that they haven't been given pride of place. Like I think yeah, Jack Jack Burton's friend Wang in this, like uh, he he is just as as much. Uh, a hero as Jack is, and even more so because he 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 actually kicks ass. Like Jack sort of falls into into like kicking people's asses, or he doesn't even really kick that many people's butts. But yeah, Wang is much better fighter. He's much smarter. He's he gets the same amount of screen time probably. I'd say like very uh, very close to. But I think one thing I found Russell felt that the film would be a hard one to market, and he's he said that. Um, 
that it was a difficult picture to sell because it was hard to explain mm. the mixture of the real history of Chinatown in San Francisco blended with Chinese legend and lore, uh, created sort of bizarre stuff. As he said, he loves the film, but, uh, you know, he says it's, it's a hard one to explain and, and judging by my lengthy synopsis, um, it definitely is a hard one to, to, to tell people the plot, at least, you know. Yes. Well, some big picture uh, references. Um, so this film, uh, you know, Carpenter is, is a fan of sort of kung fu films and whatnot. And one of the films, which I, I had no idea that this was one of his main references, but it's a film called uh, Zoo, Warriors of Magic Mountain from 1983 by Sui Hark. Uh, a Hong Kong filmmaker, I'm pretty, I'm fairly certain. And the, I saw the trailer for this movie, and it looks amazing. Mm. Like you know, like all the greatest. He's really captured in this. You, you get it's colourful and outrageous, and it's got wire work and and electricity and monsters and green flame and all of the things which we now love about about Big Trouble in China. I think it's it, if I had to sum it up, this connection. I think it's imagination. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And that's what there's such a dearth of out there is imagination. And and people are such so so closed-minded, you know. Um, it takes guts and courage to to put this kind of I mean, there's no less than three different monsters. Yeah. <laughs> there's yeah. three different monsters. There's the eyeball monster, there's this the underground monster that comes and eats the guy in, you know, the, uh, from the wall. And then there's the hairy raper monster, the, the Harvey <laughs> Weinstein monster. <laughs> <laughs> and there's him too. The wild, the wild man, I think they call him. Yeah. Well, no, but it's like, yeah, it's just it's it's a film brimming with imagination. We've got, and it's and it's inspired. Although it 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 it, it, it itself was inspired by other things, like you know, uh, we wouldn't have Raiden from from Mortal Kombat. We wouldn't have Shang Tsung from Mortal Kombat. You know, if we, yeah. without. Without this movie, you know what I mean. So, well, in in addition to the monsters, I mean, you've got you've got the three the three storms who mm. who are iconic with the the big big hats and the the bamboo armor, and then you, and their weaponry as well. Then you've got Lopan himself, who has this just a you know he's just I don't know how they make him so tall. I guess he's standing or something. Oh, there's one. No, there's one. See, I've seen this movie a lot. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, there's one shot where you can see he actually it's when he gets killed. So he gets a knife in his head and he falls down, and his gown slips up when he hits the ground. And you can actually see his platforms. He's got these giant black, <laughs> oh, like right. Spice Girls platforms. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, you know. But but yet he's got that amazing costume and makeup and long fingernails. And but then he's also as the old man. He's got. Uh, just this amazing, um, you know, practical effects happening and makeup happening on on his face, which is he's so gross. Oh yeah, like you would be if you're two thousand years old. Come on, <laughs> there well, was I'm being so ungenerous. much going on. No, he was gross. <laughs> Whereas Thunder, how good were his traps? So you thought Thunder was? Oh um, yeah, where it was at? He was hot. Yeah, it's hot as fuck. Mm. But what about lightning? Yeah. No. <laughs> oh, I'm Thunder Girl. He's, he's the guy with the long hair, yeah? No, nah, Rain's the guy with the long hair, isn't it? Ah. Uh, yeah, the La Femme. Yeah. But I liked right. his hair. So, like, the masculine guy, the Thunder guy. Oh, um, yeah. When he hulked out, it was hot. Oh. Well, that's... AJ, <laughs> does, he, does he have a hot back? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. He's traps. Uh, traps are amazing. That's right. 
Okay. Yeah, because th- this is the thing. Because, like, again, being a guy. Th- now, Ricky, I can probably speak for you too. You you would be thinking that lightning is where it's at, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah, well, I'm not, I'm not going to set you up with him. So <laughs> you don't <have> <laughs> I just get confused by who's who, who's who. I just lump them all in as as the three storms. I, I get confused right. at which one's which. Right. Okay. Well, I know they all look the same to you, but uh, they don't look <laughs> – not to I. Not to I. Okay? So, <laughs> uh, yes. Well, uh, you know, th- th- this film is uh, – see, have you guys seen much John Carpenter or – Yeah. I haven't seen. I haven't seen everything. I've seen. You get from New York's the thing, Halloween. Um. Yeah. Well, he's such an interesting filmmaker, you know, and uh, his films feel different. And they, um, he's actually a, you know, this is a film nerd alert. But he's he is his favorite. One of his favorite sort of filmmakers is a guy called Howard Hawks, and uh, you know, a, a classic filmmaker who who worked in every genre, westerns and comedies and whatnot. And um, that's so. Which, when, with John Carpenter's movies, he works across a, a broad range of genres, and he actually, re, well, you know, Howard Hawks had a movie uh, that he uh, he he was he made called The Thing, and so he essentially remade that. Do you know? Um, and uh, so, but one of the things that we get from this is is this screwball dynamic that we get between Jack and Gracie. You know, this is from the 1930s. This is classic. Uh, you know Hollywood stuff, and mm. another great interaction between the two. This rapid fire delivery of dialogue, like in films like Bringing Up Baby or His Girl Friday or something like that. And we get stuff like this. Jack comes up to Gracie in the airport. Can I ask you a serious question? Absolutely not. <laughs> well, then, would you ever just consider jumping right into the second? Sure, but not with a ma- not with a person in your condition. Well, let's talk about my condition. Well, just what's wrong with it? Well, you should try standing downwind from where I am. It's Miller time. Well, you know what I say when it's Miller time. <laughs> Great stuff. Yeah, yeah. Great stuff. You know, I didn't know what Miller time was when I was a kid. It took me, I, when I went to America, I was like, oh, I've got a beer called Miller. I get it now. Get it. Because all we have is VB, you see? <laughs> oh, what about Emu? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Emu export. One gold. Yeah. Yes. So, Carpenter films, they just feel different. They look different. And um, I think... Uh, you know he's a real he's a real one of a kind you know and and i think his his involvement in the scores of his films plays a big part as well you know mm, he does yeah. the music in a bunch of his films and he he did a film a, a song uh, he did the score for this well ricky what was your read on the score of uh, big trouble it's great it's fantastic i i love all of his scores i think he's uh he's economical with what he does uh it's it's completely appropriate all the time or well, maybe not all the time but most of the time, for sure, it's it's highly appropriate, and and it doesn't do more than it should, which is which is what good film music does, you know. And AJ, did you notice the end song was gold? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, well, yeah. he he did. I think he did write the end song. Maybe maybe he co-wrote it with someone else, but I think he's much better as a as a film score guy than a songwriting guy, for sure. Well, because it's it's. Just the I mean, you can't be doing big trouble. <laughs> you need a turner. You can, you can. You can't do that. That that was that, that reminds me of when we were kids. We used to sing like do the shittiest thing. We used to sing, um, put Star Wars in the lyrics of the song. <laughs> so you'd go Star Wars. You know, like it's like it's it's the worst. You know what I mean? <laughs> 
guys similar to him at the time, like Bruce Willis or or even other action stars like like Stallone, like you know why why wasn't he as big as those guys? You know, well, it, it's hard to say, but I think his 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 contribution. Like we will look back and and you know we'll say Martin Scorsese and Robert De Niro. You know, we'll say not Leonardo DiCaprio. We'll say we'll say DiCaprio. We'll say De Niro and Scorsese. We'll say John Wayne and John Ford. You know, and we'll say John Carpenter and uh, Kurt Russell. And uh, that is part of the reason why he's 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 interesting. He doesn't mm. like to, to to be. To go in uh, John Carpenter's movies and 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 yeah, and to unquestioningly play a buffoon in this movie is why he's he is you know got that cult edge because that takes humility you know. Mm. Whereas if he was if he was a, a, a little bit more uh, straight up as a, as a Hollywood action star, then he'd be like, oh no no no, I need to be doing everything in this movie. Don, I can't be looking stupid, you know. Yeah, mm. yeah. So, but in terms, of, but but yeah, I mean, after the eighties. He had sort of, you know, a bit of an up and down ride, you know. Um, uh, but uh, he, I, I'm not quite sure why he never, never really broke through. Maybe it's because he ne- he, he never did like an enormous amount of straight drama, mm. you know, as well. Or maybe he, he's just sort of, but he never had his diehard, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing that that really crossed him over. He is getting as an older actor. He's getting cast in stuff like The Hateful Eight. And mm. Yeah, and I think he's in Guardians Galaxy 2 and stuff. But but it's sort of a bit of it. It's a too late. Yeah. I don't want that, Kurt. I want yeah. that. I want the old Kurt. Can we yeah. do Overboard? Oh, fucking I Overboard. I that movie. Yeah. That was one of Overboard. my favourites. I think Overboard might be one of his greatest movies. Yeah, mm. I loved it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It, I think it, it, it's got to be like equal top. It is an incredible film because it, it, it actually gets you, you know, um, involved. Like mm. you know, we yeah. we should do that movie because I think it I think it rates quite high on the Me Too scale. Oh, oh. yes, <laughs> yes. It does. and that's why they you know. flipped it in the remake. Ah, yes. Mm. <laughs> I'm 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 too too afraid to watch the remake. Oh, yeah, I don't think it do could it. Be absolute garbage. Don't do it. Well, yeah, we are going to watch it, and um, and you know, I'm going to come to a a a a, a vigorous defence. <laughs> <laughs> I just know it. I just know it. Uh, well, speaking of defense, I feel like we got we you know soon enough we're going to have uh, um, our guest on the line, and I feel like we could we need to pivot towards the the representation in this movie a bit. Yep. To set the tape because I mean at the end of the day this movie is uh, you know uh, it, it it features um, Asian culture. Um, uh, you know, some people would say it celebrates elements of of, of, of traditional uh, Chinese culture and 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 whatnot. Uh, it has a lot of Asian actors in it, um, who I have you know many of whom have have spoken very highly of the film and defended it at the time, uh, including James Hong, who I just watched this video as well on YouTube where he was you know lovingly talking about his experience on the film and how it really opened up doors for him. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, he acknowledges that things aren't quite where we need to be, you know, in terms of representation um, today, but we're on our way, you know, and, and we just need to keep the pressure up. But I just wanted to introduce this idea of Orientalism. Now, I'm not going to get too, too academic here, but I think it's important, okay? So the idea is that with or- this Orientalism, you know, just to read from this is from Khan Academy, you can check this out. They did a very, a very good um, uh, summary of it. So, you know, snake charmers, carpet vendors and veiled women may conjure up ideas of the Middle East, North Africa, and West Asia, but they're also partially indebted to Orientalist fantasies. To understand these images, we have to understand the concept of Orientalism. 
beginning with the word Orient itself. In its original medieval usage, the Orient referred to the East, but whose East did the Orient represent? East of where? We understand now that this designation reflects a Western European view of the East, uh, that's in quote, scare quotes there, uh, East, uh, and not necessarily the views of the inhabitants of these areas. We also realise that today the label of the Orient hardly captures the wide swathe of territory which it originally referred to. Now, just this, here's the, here's the, the rub. Uh, in his groundbreaking 1978 text, Orientalism, the late cultural critic uh, Edward Said argued that dominant European political ideology created the notion of the Orient in order to subjugate and control it. Said explained that the concept embodied distinctions between East and uh, the Orient and West, the 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 Occident, uh, precisely so the West could control and authorise views of the East. So really what we're talking about, because this movie was criticised at the time uh, for in, in, in a very 2020, 2021 way, um, uh, precisely on these grounds, that it is that it is uh, Orientalism of the highest order, that it, it, it engages in um, the propagation of, of stereotypes, of Asian stereotypes, and uh, that, you know, um, uh, it, is, it is ultimately racist. It was, was the, the high, one of the charges levelled at it. What, what do we think about Well, that, that, that Khan Academy article, which is a, is, is a really good place, uh, it's a really good, good article to read if you're interested in the, in the subject. It does hint towards the end of the article about, um, about intent as well and, and how to view a work, an artwork of Orientalism, and that you really need to look at the intent of the work. Oh, but, the, we know, but the New York Times said that intent doesn't matter. So well, they, they, remember, they fire people. If you say, <laughs> if you say the end, if you sneeze and it sounds like the N word, then, <laughs> then you are um, a clan member. Yeah, I know. So well, that's that's a sad, sad state of affairs because then, well, then ultimately, big trouble gets lumped in with with um, the birth of a nation or something. You know, mm, mm. Uh, whereas I think. I think we need to look 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 look, uh, look behind or, or, or look a little deeper into the film. The the intent of it um, there's there's no malice in it at all. Yeah, that's right. It's uh, it it feels like uh, yeah, I don't know. The, the, it 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 just yeah, as you say. I mean, he said that it, he loves kung fu movies and that you know we referenced that movie Warriors of Magic Mountain. You know, it's clearly coming from a place of, of a positive place of love. You know what I mean? Mm. And but then again, if you take the line that you know this sort of radical line of of obsession with race and and uh, of the left, which which was alive and well in 1986, then nothing is good enough for you. Like that new movie, Into the Heights, or whatever that musical, um, which was essentially it's essentially all people of color in the movie. Um, Set in, uh, you know, in, in in one of the multicultural areas of, of America, and that director, the Hamilton director who directed that, got heat for not having enough for not having enough people in it of Latin descent who were dark enough. Yeah, you know it what I mean. Never ends, so, does it? Well, it never fucking ends. Mm. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. could sit around and just, you know, I mean, the, the big trouble in little China at the end of the, but it's also this idea that um i don't know like the main mission of big trouble in little china is is like anti-asian propaganda <laughs> you know what yeah, i mean yeah like that's why it exists it's not just a it's not a it's not a, a, a an action comedy you know mm. 
Yeah. That that article you sent, it was it from the LA Times? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. From, from 1986. And when you read it, it, it you could swear it was written yesterday, you mm. know, in, in 2021. But one of the big things that they had a problem with was that the fact that, that, that the main star, the hero who saves the day, is a white man. But when you when you actually watch the film, like the supposed hero, Kurt Russell, he's a fucking buffoon who mm. just like falls into success and he's surrounded by much more capable uh, Asian characters and um and and it's it's it was a it was a team effort to bring Lo, Lopan down. It wasn't just him going in there guns blazing, saving saving Chinatown. You know, I just think it's a really disingenuous reading of of the film, the film's intent, but also specifics of the plot and characters. You know. Yeah, I agree. AJ, what do you think? Yeah, what no. do you think about Asians? I love Asians. Well, good. I was just testing. <laughs> <laughs> Quick test. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was disappointed, though, I have to say. I felt like there were far too many um, beautiful Buddhas had to, had to be destroyed. <laughs> the statues. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there seemed to be a lot of Buddha damage. Yeah, so satisfying. <laughs> it was. No, it was great. And, yeah, it is all about intent. And, he, yeah, Kurt was a fucking real buffoon. <laughs> too much. Too, too much. They, yeah. Whereas his his sidekick really kicked ass. Well, you know, that the, the LA Times article, they refer to that sidekick as a Chinese yes man. What do you think of that? No, I disagree. Yeah. No, it's a fascinating article. And I'll introduce it just ahead of our, uh, our, our guest coming on because he's the one who sent it, actually. So our, our guest, Pete. Now... Uh, it's called Asians Divided Over Big Trouble from the LA Times by Sharon Ching. It mentions here that she's an intern from USC, which I think explains a lot now that I think about it. Um, you know what I mean? Because it is, it is a, a, you know, an article that sort of pumps up that idea. But, but um, so the idea is that, uh, and I love the way they characterize it at the beginning, Big Trouble in Little China, which features, features a white truck driver <laughs> rescuing San Francisco Chinatown from a wicked Chinese sorcerer stirring up more, more than a little trouble of its own. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, that, that's an obvious one. That one's low-hanging fruit, really. Yeah, it is. Ch- Chinese for affirmative action and other members of Asian media groups say it is unlikely that a white man would come into an Asian community to save the day. Now, <laughs> it's also unlikely that you're going to see a monster with, like, nine eyeballs <laughs> as well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's no mention of the sorcery, you know. <laughs> because a lot of them didn't even see the film. Well, well yeah, that's that right. is true. Yeah, there are some people from that action group that 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 read a leaked script. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. They, they, but they, I love the balls of these of these groups as well. They're like, oh, they should have given us the script and how yeah. you know. And, and, the, and twentieth century Fox, their 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 guy offers some uncommon honesty. He like they say they say shit like they maintain that every Hollywood film has stereotypes and that any reasonable viewer can tell the movie is merely fantasy. So imagine saying that today. Imagine say, appealing to reasonable viewers and saying, yeah, yeah we, we don't think that, um, you know, uh, a reasonable viewer would think that Scarlett Johansson's hot body in, in, in Black Widow is like, is a problem. You know what I mean? Like for women. <laughs> People would just go, uh, well, um, I've already hired the hitmen for you, you know. You're gone. You're Why gone, isn't she in a fat suit? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, he shall have. But then right. it would be then it would be how dare you cast a thin person oh, to right. play a fat well, person? Yeah, that's right. You know. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so um, there's a couple of other things here. Uh, so they've got no solutions, right? You know. Um, they just say, uh, what is he? He's a potential. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. The, go- the, the, the 20th century guy, um, a guy called um, uh, is it Dan, Dan Kwan, I think his name is, or his name's uh, Mr. Kwan. Uh, he says that they never provided any specifics of what they want to change. They just, they never gave me the effort. So, and then, they, then this group, the National Asian American Telecommunication Association have just said, we weren't objecting to specific lines, but but the overall impression of the movie. <laughs> In Australia, we call that the vibe. <laughs> yes. It's the vibe. It's you know? the vibe, yeah. The vibe, you know. So, and then this idea, Kurt Russell comes off as a hero at the end, you know. I don't know. And then they go on to say, uh, this the script had every old Chinese stereotype you can drudge up. Hatchet men, Tong Wars, prostitutes, a madam, dragons, incense, hidden alleyways and dungeons. And I'm like, it's not a documentary, guys. <laughs> <laughs> they also have a gripe with how many, uh, how many lines are given to female Chinese actors as well. Mm. Yeah. Well, that was, yeah, probably spot on there. You know, there wasn't, there wasn't a strong. No. Well, I'm uh, surprised that Mao Yin, the character Mao Yin, did she talk at all? No. She was just, so, she was just um, eye candy. Mm. Yeah. So that that was maybe uh, something that they should have tidied up there. Okay. Uh, well, we've got our guest uh, with us. Uh, Pete has joined us. Pete, uh, how are you? Pete, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Hello. <laughs> how are you? <laughs> very good. Very good. How are you? Well, thank you for joining joining us today for this special edition of Big Trouble no in Little China, Cyboob. Now, uh, firstly, I wanted to you, – you sent uh, me through this wonderful article uh, from the LA Times, which we've just been talking about, but I just wanted to get your general impressions. Firstly, what did you think of the film? Was this the first time you had seen the film? Uh, yes, this is the first time, and I loved it. Yeah, it was fun and entertaining. Just kidding me. Great. And um, so uh, I had some questions. We've been talking about, you know, representation and, uh, you know, maybe a little bit of cultural appropriation, things like that. So what, what in general, now I, I, I've already stated that you are not Chinese. Right. That's correct, <laughs> isn't it? Um, why? <laughs> I, uh, because I've, I've said that that you're not you're you're, you're not Chinese because you know right uh, but but right. I've heard the last week's one then you said I'm Japanese so yeah I can't hide it so. <laughs> you can't hide it. you you can't hide it I right, wait a minute I could have pretended I could have just said oh I've got my friend here he knows everything about China he's Chinese no one would know so anyway uh do you what do you think about the representation of Asia? In this, in this movie, Asia. So the idea of the like, did you feel when you were watching it that this movie was offensive? No, not at all. Um, I thought this movie is probably a little bit uh, mixed up, but I thought all Chinese stereotypes are funny, and they're not shying away from with it. So. Um, that was the good part because um, when I just watched it, I feel like I stepped into the the restaurant. Sometimes sells every Asian products like Vietnamese, Thai, Thai, Chinese, every food like a, like 
Asian persuasion kind of food. So I was like, oh, this is fun. Like mix up everything. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Now I know what you mean. Like, you know, uh, that, that in some, in, like in the Asian grocery uh, store, they're, they're, it, it, all Asian cultures are represented. Mm. And, and yeah. this, this movie is doing a little bit of that. I mean, you know, when you go calls, like there's like international or like Asian section. So that's what I felt about this movie. Ah. <laughs> yeah. So is it okay for a white man to tell Asian stories? Um, I don't know. I like, to be honest, the Kurt Russell actor is amazing. And I thought, oh, Snake Briskin's here and what he's doing <laughs> in a <laughs> Chinatown. And the, um, the character, I saw his interview with a guy. He was saying, oh, like, how should I like act this guy? Like, should I go straight? And I had like the John Campion said, oh, let's just, just go straight. And everyone, you know, like find it funny. So I, I don't know. I don't really get into the Kurt Russell's comedy. So probably it's my, probably my favor, but I think, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what I don't. I like to see what you guys sort of like. W- w- which part was like the funniest, probably? Because I had this is Asian study because um, <laughs> <laughs> this time. So yeah, like why not you guys? I, tell I, me? I think it's also imp- I- important to to notice that it is a, a fish out of water scenario. Like Kurt Russell is. He's not. He's not part of that community. He's. He, you know. He hauls his truck around. America and he goes to all different kind of places and and this is just one stop of many that 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 he makes and uh he's not tapped into that community it's just um and that's where a lot of the humor comes from is because he he doesn't know what's going mm. on so uh, to, to to replace that with an 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 Asian actor and then to get that same sort of comedy out of that uh that fish out of water scenario just just wouldn't work you know right I probably felt the like that people like back then like was thinking like Chinese mi- mysticism like if I borrow the word from John Campbell was part of funny but part of sort of um, interesting so they were trying to understand what's actually happening in a Chinatown so um, I obviously didn't see it from white man's perspective but. Often, like, like you, people point out, oh, you're Japanese and, you know, I went to Tokyo, like, Osaka, that's fun part. Like, I love Samurai Ninja. I'm not wrong with it, you know? I, I'm completely fine with it, you know? That, that was another question I had. Um, <laughs> right, okay. Is it, is it okay if I wear a kimono? Oh, I was going to ask that. Well, Rick, if Ricky and I <laughs> put kimonos on and took a photo and put did that sort of peace sign, you know, put our two fingers up and... And and got a photo. I think I do have that photo of me <laughs> in a kimono doing that. So so AJ so and I've been a samurai as well. So Pete Pete <laughs> is is that okay? Can we allowed to do this? Of course, because you know the Tom Cruise in the Last Samurai, <laughs> who wears perfectly fine and like you know. And to be fair, like in like many Japanese movies, we let the like foreigners wear kimono, like extravagant, extra, extravagantly. Is there such a word? Extravagantly, yes. Extravagantly. So to be fair, you know, probably like sexy woman wear kimono, like extravagantly. Why not like white male guy, like wear kimono, like nothing wrong with it. Mm, Okay. I'm glad you've given me permission. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to do this, I will now do it as, or often 
<laughs> well, so this uh, I thought this article was spectacular that you sent through from from uh, the LA Times. I was really surprised that I mean Ricky said this. This article could have been written today, right? Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Did, did, did you think that this was a very modern uh, perspective? Um, yes, I thought uh, part of this article is pretty modern. So if I take some quote from there, like um, there was a um, comment from Chinese for affirmative action, uh, probably one good comment and one bad comment. And this Chinese for affirmative action uh, was sort of oppo- um, uh, disagreeing with this movie. So the main, it's saying the main character is white. That's one thing we have to remember. It's white script written for a white audience. The movie is still a white man's product. And the Fox the management guy called the, um, uh, anyway, this guy said, uh, if it was offensive to Asians, um, uh, well, why like, should they get a copy of the script? Like, why should we like, show the copy of the script to the like, people who's like, disagreeing with us? That was the comment. So, Well, well, that, well that guy also said that... Um He's from the 20th Century Fox, and he said that uh, that this movie is not. He said he said uh, the movie's not meant to be a social documentary about Chinese civilization. Right. So, which I thought was the best quote. He's saying he's she's saying that people need to be reasonable, and that yeah. you know it's not the idea is that it's not a documentary, and that it is it does mix uh, you know um, myths and legends and. You know, maybe sometimes clumsily, um, but yeah. but at the end of the day, it's not like it would. It's worse if the Last Emperor does it. It's worse if. Um, do you know what I mean? Like if you're doing a historical film mm. like that, that really is meant to be set, in, you know, in a very specific history, uh, and, and uh, you know, and I'm and I'm sure the Last Emperor by Bernard Bertolucci, which came out. A year or two later, uh, right? Actually, and actually, one of the actors in this Egg Shen, he was in that movie, and apparently, he had problems with the last em- that with some of the historical accuracy in that movie. And I think that's mm. a bit that's a big deal. Like when you're when you're when you're you know you're you're actually saying this is serious, and we're we're trying to you know really say something about history here, right. although it is a piece of art. Whereas Big Trouble in Little China does have monsters, yeah, and it's fun, yeah, silliness, yeah, right. And then he, this guy went to this uh, protest to the, um, the, like, who's, you know, protesting against this movie. And he could, they couldn't give a, like, critical comment what's wrong with this movie. So, um, so I thought that's probably fair. I don't want to make a, like, like, cheap, like, enemy on this, like, you know, against people against this movie. But that's sometimes where I see it, um, like, on social media sometimes, because, like, they can't really um, point out what's the, What's wrong with this? They're, they're not being specific. Mm. It's this, this. It's this. They're being vague, and they're saying, "Oh, it's just generally." I, I think it's bad. And you say, "Yes, but where exactly?" And but what is the solution? Mm. What's your solution to the problem? And they're like, "Oh, we don't really have. We cancel it. That's yeah, all we want. We want it. Yeah, don't mm. make it." And so, so I think that sometimes the 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 you know ra- activists feel that no representation or no project is better than some. Do you know what I mean? Like the idea that they'd go, they'd probably be happy if they said, okay, we've cancelled the production. Therefore, all those uh, Asian-American actors who got jobs 
you know, in mm-hmm. got their breaks in this movie, uh, went on to yep. do other things. They wouldn't get to do that. You know, this happens in in you know in Australia. We've had uh, it happens in the trans space. We've had uh, a famous mm-hmm. LGBTQ play called Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Uh, you know, activists came out and said, "I can't believe you wouldn't get someone who's you know not trans or whatever to play the lead character or whatever." And um, and even though the guy that who made the play is is from the community. And they've me- they've ended up got, uh, getting the the entire thing cancelled. Do you know what I mean? Mm, so then yeah. no one gets a job. <laughs> yeah, right. Whereas how James Hong pointed out in the um in the interview that you sent that mm. people not only got the job but got promoted to producers mm, yeah. and things, mm. and that that wouldn't have happened otherwise. Yeah, that that's the was the interesting point because I wanted to know like what people thought back then, mm. and in that article as well. The um the James Hunt uh, organization, the like he's part of this organization called Asian American Theater Organization, and the girl in the article, Janet Witsi, um says like I don't find the movie offensive. It's not as technically well made as Raiders or Star Wars, but you don't have everything. Well, like it, that that's very in, in balanced that, comment. In in that quote, she mentioned two films which have zero. Asian actors yeah. in them. Yeah. Zero. <laughs> Zero. Do you know what I mean? So it's ba- so bagging out a film or, or like critic- mildly criticising a film that, that's filled with Asian faces and, you know, and, and some, uh, some mix of Asian stories uh, and then, then mentioning these other two films, it, it, I just find that to be so strange, you know. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I thought going a little deeper now, this is heady, this is a bit, um, this is darker territory, but... You know the idea coming from these from the activists in 1986 and even today. This idea that America is inherent is inherently or is absolutely racist, and that um, you know they don't get it. Uh, I think is very interesting. So Orientalism, we've just discussed this. Orientalism is the idea that we know now that Asia isn't this this strange and mysterious place, um, as far as I know, uh, and and that it's 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 you know it. It, it's really just a matter of perspective and, and the West's perspective isn't the only perspective. Now, built into this idea of Orientalism like, is this idea, oh, we know, so, we know too much now. So when you look at an old painting, you know, from the Renaissance era or something where, you know, it's sort of, uh, you know, this, this, this strange image of, of the Orient or whatever, or you look at a, a film from the 1930s or whatever about Shanghai or something, it's very you know, or Fu Manchu, all of that stuff, you know. They're right. The critics are right in that we, we know too much, but it works both ways because we know too much about, mm, let me just pluck something out of the thin air. We know too much about China now. In, in, and what I mean is that you should just type in, if you want, uh, you know, uh, China discrimination <laughs> and you're going to learn a lot that you wouldn't have known in 1986, you know, you're going to learn about China's attitudes, um, you know, in some areas towards uh, people of colour, black people, you know, you're going to learn about, uh, you know, Han Chinese people, uh, casual discrimination of, of, of the Uyghurs, for instance. Right. You know what I mean? Like, so, so this idea that America is just like the Mm. most racist uh, colonialist country in the world, when we've got literally people being put into um, re-education camps, you know, a million at a time in China, I think is really interesting. What do we think? Yeah, I think that um, people need to take a, a, a closer look at what what's happening 
over in China. And, and, and maybe the reason why they, they're not is because they've bought into this idea that you can only be racist if you're white, you know. Well, that's right. That's what we're talking about, you know. And, and so for me, I feel like this whole, you know, I think, that, you know, we should be able to say Big Trouble in Little China is, has a good mission, you know, uh, and, and, and mm. certainly for 30 years ago mm. has a, had a good mission. Like, you know, if it, today I would expect there to be a little bit more effort put in. Yeah. <laughs> <you know? laughs> like if this was coming out today, I'd be disappointed. <laughs> I'd be like, okay, guys, now, you know, this movie's offensive. You can't have, you can't have madams and prostitution and all that <laughs> uncritically, you know. But, you know, this idea, I think we should put, to bed this idea that, um, you know, I mean, I, I just think that that if I was a critic, you know, a Chinese critic of this movie, I wouldn't be calling this movie racist, particularly, you know, I, cause, because I would be looking, at, looking around at the glass house I live in and going, oh, mm. geez, I wouldn't want to be calling this movie racist or whatever because awkwardly, you know, um, you know my country is perpetuating some really nasty uh, discrimination as we speak right now. Literally, mm. <laughs> you know. Oh yeah, I like, absolutely like this. Um, director John Carpenter, like he watched a lot of like Chinese movie, like before he get into this, like you know, the script. So, um, in the interview, like I think he articulated the uh, this type of movie called Wu. I didn't know this word before, but um, Wuxi, not Kung Fu, like people sort of jumping into the air and like, you know, fighting with sword sort of category. Yes, like Crouching like, Tiger style. Yeah. Right. And he um, said that like Chinese people probably like, see it like, very simply and like to cut, take the color like beautifully and stuff. So, and I felt that from the uh, big, uh, big problem in Little China. So, I thought that was a very successful part of this movie. So I don't call this is like racist movie, if I may say. We, we're putting you on the record now. <laughs> <laughs> that you have said, Pete has said that Big Trouble in China is not racist and you can all wear a kimono while watching it. <laughs> well, I, I have a few uh, snippets of reviews from back in the day about this film, uh, none of which mentions anything about about Asian culture too heavily, but it does show that they're seeing the movie for what it is, which is great entertainment. So Ron Bass, uh, in his review for the Toronto Star, he praised Russell's performance, saying he does a great John Wayne imitation, but he's not just mimicking those heroes, he's using them to give his own character a broad satiric edge. Uh, writer Harlan Ellison widely known in Hollywood for his brutally honest critiques, praised the film, writing that it had some of the fun funniest lines spoken by any actor this year to produce a cheerfully blathering live-action cartoon that will give you release from the real pressures of your basically dreary lives. <laughs> well said, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, in his review for Time, Richard Corliss wrote, Little China offers dollops of entertainment, but is so stocked with canny references to other pictures that it suggests a master's thesis that moves. So the the favourable critics there, the, I, I guess they saw the film for what it was, which is entertainment. You know, it it, it was funny, it was action packed, uh, and it was escapist. You know, I think the repu repu reputation of the film has won. You know what I mean? I think that that it, it, this movie is deeply loved by a lot of people. 
and has inspired a lot of people and makes a lot of people, mm. re- on balance, has made a lot of people very, very happy. Well, it hasn't you know? been completely cancelled because I watched it on Foxtel. Mm. Right. So, <laughs> so it wasn't that like says gone, a lot. That it wasn't gone with the wind. It's still on streaming services. <laughs> well, that's a good it's, sign. I think it's on American Netflix as well, actually. Mm. So, so it hasn't gone the way of the mighty boosh and uh, faulty, faulty towers <laughs> no. as, as persona non grata. <laughs> That's right. I was kind of surprised, actually. So, so you were surprised that the sensors that rule our, yes. our culture <laughs> allowed you to watch this That's movie. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised Kim Cattrall hasn't come out and said that, that there was just massive Me Too action on behalf of the monster or something. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I feel like that's coming with this movie so at some point. That's always so disappointing when you just go, oh, really? 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 They're all pigs? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. She did say that she, she really enjoyed playing this, this character, which goes against her, her casting through the 80s as this sultry, hot, up for whatever sort of, sort of character, mm. you know, whereas she, in, in this film, she's, she's the brains, she's Definitely. the brains and, and, and Jack's the brawn, you know, uh, and she gives, she gives back as, 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 as good as she gets, you know, like, um, you know, her banter with Jack is, is very quick and witty and cutting and she sticks up for herself and she's a lawyer and, um, you know, she has some standing in the community, so it's different, different, very different character than mm. what she would play, say in Por- Porky's or uh, or Police Academy. You know, yeah, Jack without like leading actress is like probably like doesn't carry the story because Jack is like, oh, I'm the reasonable guy experiencing unreasonable things. Like, so funny, <laughs> like, but he can't carry the story without her. Yeah, that's like, true. That's really yeah. true. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Well, any uh, well, uh, well. Firstly, let's uh, before we wrap this up. Was there any? Well, I should ask Pete. You're our guest now. You know, when we do sideweb cinema, we talk about the Me Too aspects of some of these movies. You know, so whether these right. movies were uh, so out of ten, if ten is deeply offensive and you know sexist, you know, uh, and zero is you know no problem. Where would you rate this movie, Big Trouble in Little China? Oh. On the me oh. on the me too scale, I'm in big trouble now. Like I can't, <laughs> I have to rate this movie on a me too scale. Okay, yeah. Now this, right. just letting you know, this is on the record, so <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> what do you think? It's full because um, on a me too scale, um, the f- female like characters are too like too quiet, like in, in like Asian female characters. That mm. I have to say that. Mm. So on a meter scale, it's four, but as a movie, it's ten out of ten. He <laughs> <laughs> like never has someone understood the Me Too scale more than Pete. He gets it. He knows. That is true. We we did talk earlier about the fact that the female Asian characters don't get mm. don't get any lines, which is something that uh, that yeah could have been tidied up there. But um, well, I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna say it's a little lower. I'm gonna say it's around the two. Or three, because screwball comedies. Oh, the Asian women thing. Yes, I agree with that. That's a problem. But in terms of screwball comedies, uh, are sort of built on this banter between men and women, and this sort of the sparks that are required. Mm. Um, you know that we love seeing. Um, you know, if you're obsessed with gender and, and equality and everything, then you just you you won't like any screwball type banter. You know what I mean? So. Because the idea is that 
Gracie, although she puts up a good fight, she loves it. She loves it. She loves the chase. She loves Jack. She loves she loves his rippling back, AJ. Yeah, she does. <laughs> you know? And his little mm. singlet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Actually, Pete, we've got to ask you, if I had now earlier, this is going to sound strange because you didn't hear the beginning of this discussion, but AJ mentioned that she thought the God of Thunder in this movie was attractive. Now, which mm. of the three storms do you think was the most attractive? <laughs> I saw the guy with long hair. The, the Ooh, La Femme. The La Femme. Yeah. Rain. Rain. Yes. Yeah. It was the hottest. That's <laughs> surprising. <laughs> I, AJ, if, if, you, if you had shorter hair, would, would he be more attractive? No. Is the hair a turn off? Um, no, but I think I just like Thunder's. All round ruggedness. He had a good, good um, jawline as well. Mm. See, this is educational, Mm. isn't it? Yeah, you know, a strong jaw. I got no idea. I just want to be rushed off my feet by a man with lightning skills. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You just loved his superpowers. I love his power. (laughs) He could pick me up and just like take me out of the, the the prostitution ring that I've been. Put in, you know, <laughs> hey, <laughs> through the roof. I, I, I have a question on AJ because, like, is, is he is he hot because he's quiet and strong, or sort of? Yeah, a little bit. Out of, well, I have a movie for you Ooh. by King Fu. It's called A Touch of Zen. Okay, I watched this movie in 2018 in the cinema, and it's so good. It's just this. Um, and there was a like female like swordman, so she is a leading um, character, and she just beats every like but like bad guys in the movie. So cool! Uh, I think you guys should talk about this movie because it's so brilliant. And well, just- I need to prove when it. Well, we all need to prove that we're not a bunch of racists. So we should. We will definitely check out Sex and Zen. Now, I'm somewhat aware of this movie, and it's a little bit sexy. I think. Oh. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it is. So you've re- is. so you've recommended a sexy movie to us. Ooh. A bit of exposures, mm. <laughs> like that. <laughs> Excellent. Well, Ricky, did what did wow. you think of the Me Too scale? Just quickly, uh, I, I'd say it's fairly low. A, a, a two or a three, I guess. You've got that uh, that kiss that that Jack lays on mm. smooch. On- yeah, so on on Gracie, so that um, unwanted smooch. Yeah, that maybe bumps it up a little bit, but, but it's it's fairly low. We didn't yeah. see any titties. No, no there's, there's no, no titties. nudity. No, there's no, no titties. It's uh, which is you know, it's un- it's uh, it's upsetting, but you know, <laughs> they've made their choices. <laughs> I guess. Well, I, I are we doing final th- thoughts? Yes, I, please. I've, I've got one. Give it to me. Uh, fun, action, laughter, and glorious mystical nonsense. Don't think too hard about it. It's all in the reflexes. Amazing. <laughs> That's good. That That's the best great. one. That's the best one. I can't <laughs> beat that. No, I that blew my w- I blew my wad on on, uh, on my synopsis earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Pete, you're not gonna this the synopsis I gave to the film earlier. I, was, I put in a lot of uh, stereotypes, so I apologise. <laughs> no, always pressure. Always <laughs> uh, well, I think that that about wraps up Cyber Cinema for this week. Uh, next week we're gonna we're getting weird. Next week Ooh. we're gonna watch a, a Ken, we're watching a Ken Russell movie called uh, Lair of the White Worm. I can't I cannot wait for you guys to watch this movie. 
Um, and uh, I reckon we should do uh, uh, Sex and Zen uh, soon enough. And uh, uh, Pete, we're going to have you back if you don't mind for that. Thanks for having me. No worries. Thank you. Okay. Well, we said what we said. <laughs> That should be our tagline, really. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It's true. Well, until next time, long live the new flesh. Long live the new flesh. Big trouble. It need a turn up.